Hey, this is Chris. Hope you're doing well and welcome to Popcorn Finance, the show where we discuss finance and about the time it takes to make a bag of popcorn. I know we're all looking for ways to just be better with our money. That's probably why you're listening to this podcast. And so that's why today I'm joined by Lisa Rowan, personal finance writer for Forbes Advisor and author of Money Hacks, 275 plus ways to decrease spending, increase savings and make your money work for you. So Lisa, how's it going? Great. Thanks so much for having me, Chris. It's exciting to be here. No, I appreciate you taking some time to join me. I I got a copy of your book. I was reading through it. And there are a lot of hacks in here. There's a lot of things I've never even thought of before. I really wish we could go through all 275. I'm sure people would love to sit here and listen to us talk about all 275 <laughs> hacks. But we're going to focus on three of them today. What, what I was really excited about was you've done a lot of writing over your life especially in the personal finance space. Yeah. So you've come across a lot of different tips, a lot of different strategies to just be better with with our money. So I want to dig into tip number 28. I really love this one because it's called savor a splurge all month. I love this one because I think sometimes we're like, okay, we're really excited about something. And then we just like blow the money in like Mm -hmm. two minutes. And then it's like, okay, well, that's over. So tell me, why did you pick this hack? And let's know a little bit more about what this is and how we can use this. Yeah. So this technique is to really let you balance what you're doing with your budget in terms of saving, in terms of spending. You know, if you are just focused on your long-term goals all the time, you're going to wear yourself out. So it's important to be able to treat yourself regularly along the way. It doesn't matter how much or how little you treat yourself as long as your budget can handle it. And if you put parameters around that spending, around those little splurges, it's easier to maintain that balance and sort of set up the parameters so that you have your guardrails and you can just go. You don't have to think about it. I'll give you an example of how I've used this hack in my own life. I used to work downtown in D.C. in an office, and one of my favorite things to do was to take a walk in the afternoon and go get a cup of coffee from that place that has the logo that we all know. (laughs) It's really funny because I love to not guilt people about whatever they spend on coffee, right? Like that's not going to make or break your entire life. But it's funny that a lot of my examples go back to coffee because it is that tangible thing that we can, we all know how much it costs when we want to go get it. We all know that I can eat away at your budget. So what I would do when I worked downtown and I wanted to be able to get that coffee all the time and always take that break I would load up a gift card for that retailer and say, okay, I would put $20 on a gift card like on my phone for the entire month. And I would say, all right, when the $20 is up, that's all I can have until the next month starts. And I would do it on a calendar month until the first. That's all I have to spend there. So it's up to me to make the best choice to maximize their menu make sure that I'm not just going because I'm bored and that I really like want the treat or I want the caffeine, which sometimes is the most important thing is the caffeine. (laughs) And just to set that safety measure for myself so that I wasn't just spending out the wazoo every day because it was a routine. So I was building up a little bit of a, a healthier routine by, you know, setting up those rules for myself. So this is something where It's easy to do on like those consumables. It's a little tougher for something like, you know, a clothing retailer, but you could still do it. You could go to your favorite clothing store, put $50 on a gift card and know that that's all you have for a certain period of time. And, you know, when it's up, it's up. You know, I really like this one because it's one of those things where you easily can lose track of your spending. Like for me, I'm just gonna speak from my own personal experience. Mm -hmm. I cannot be trusted 
to just say, you know what? I'm only going to spend 20 bucks on coffee this month. Yes. I'm sure I'll stick to that. I'm going to, after the first cup of coffee, I'm going to forget how much I paid on that. I'm not going to be keeping like mental math and I'm definitely not writing it down somewhere. And so I can see how using a gift card is a great way to just say, here, I've just shut myself off. Like once this gift card stops working, I'm going to be on the honor system. I'm not going to just throw more money on here. And I'm going to say, all right, I'm, I'm done for the month and I'll just wait till next month. Yeah. And by paying up front, you know that it's already paid for. If you use what is on your gift card for your balance, you don't have to think about, you know, do I have enough? Do I have enough room in my budget if a sale comes up or whatever? You know, because you have it right there. It's in your app on your phone or it's in a physical card. And then at the holidays or at your birthday, when your family doesn't know what to get you, you can say, oh, I would really love a gift card to mm. XYZ retailer. And then you can like extra splurge. <laughs> you have like a bonus to your splurge category just because yes. someone gave you a gift. Yes. Like I will never be disappointed if someone gives me a gift card to that coffee shop we talked about because I know I'm going to use it. So I just load up my app. I know it's there and it's not coming out of my paycheck, you know, every two weeks. It's already taken care of. Exactly. Who doesn't like a gift card? Who doesn't like right? a gift card? It's free money <laughs> or money that you prepaid. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Let's jump to hack number 29. And I, this one I, I love because I've done this before in, in the past, and it's really pushed me away from making some bad decisions. And that is recalculate prices as hours worked. Mm -hmm. And so give us a breakdown of this one. Yeah. So everyone knows what they make per hour. Either you get paid on an hourly rate, or if you're a salaried worker, if you look at your paycheck, it shows you what your salary converts to for you know 40 hours of work. So you have an idea of for every hour you're sitting at your desk or you're walking around at your job, what are you earning every 60 minutes? So then when you're shopping and you're thinking about making those purchases that maybe you don't need, but you're just really tempted by, you can take a step back and think about, well, how many hours would I have to work to pay for this? Now, if you want to keep it simple, don't think about taxes. Just think about like the hourly rate, right? <laughs> but, you know, I used to work at a retail store. I would do my desk job during the day and then I would go and I would work retail at night. So I was making like $10 an hour 10 years ago, which looking back was pretty decent. But then I was always tempted to like grab dinner at the taco place next door. Well, okay, except working for one hour of retail was going to get me my tacos dinner. And so I just threw away basically like an hour of work. Like, why am I working this second job if I'm just going to spend mm. the money on stuff that I don't need to spend on? So I ended up eating a lot of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches <laughs> in the car from one job to the other. This was my early 20s and I was I was living it up. But if you can think about how much you'd have to work to be able to earn something, I think it puts into perspective what you really need or what you want and you might be able to save up towards. Or you might think, heck, like this is worth the two hours of my time to get, you know, my groceries delivered or to, you know, to get my car detailed. Like, you know, whatever you're thinking of doing, just to be able to put it into that, like how much would you have to work? Especially if you do like a job where it's like you use a lot of brain space or you're doing like manual labor. Like it really makes you think. Yeah, it really does. Because it's one of those things where it's like, I am working so hard right now 
is that worth it? Like, is is that meal I just ate right now? Was that was that really worth that hour or two of my time that I did not enjoy? It it really puts it in perspective. It makes you think differently about your time and how that equates to the money you're bringing in. Yeah, especially for young people or people just starting out in their careers when you're not making a whole lot. And when you when it comes to your salary, you know, I think about myself when I was in my early twenties and going out with friends for like expensive cocktails and looking at the cocktail menu, seeing that something that was probably delicious cost $18. (laughs) And I'd be like, well, that's an hour and a half of work. Do I really (laughs) want to like, it's beautiful. It may be worth that on the market where you live and bartenders need to get paid. But also I just got paid and I need to keep that money in my wallet. Exactly. It's like when you're sitting at your desk and you see an hour pass by on the clock and you're like, that was a drink, wasn't it? Yeah. That wasn't worth it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. You work hard for that money. So by just, you know, rethinking what things cost in terms of your work, I think it really brings you back to reality sometimes. And it's not always pretty, but for the long run, it's good for you. Yeah, I agree. And I, I love this list of hacks in this book. There's there's so many more to cover, but I want people to know if they want to grab a copy of this book for themselves and check out this great list. Uh, and to me, why I love this list, this book as well is that I don't have to go online and dig through 90,000 articles. Yeah, It's a, a great compiled list of amazing hacks that people can use to learn more about, you know, ways they can improve their finances. Where can they go to check it out? And what else do you have going on? You can go to, um, let's see, where's the easiest place to find my book? You can go to <laughs> lisarowan.com slash book and learn about the book. It is really meant to just be a really convenient source where you can flip through, grab a tip for today, not feel like you got to read through the whole story about the recipe until you get to the ingredients, if you know what I mean. (laughs) I just saw a tweet and they were like, I will never forgive Google for making food bloggers write a thousand words before they tell me the recipe. But sorry, I went off topic, but that made me think. Tell me how many (laughs) sticks of butter. So this book is meant to be really approachable, a really quick reference for you. So Money Hacks is available wherever you buy books. It's, you know, everything from Amazon to your local bookstore. It's there. But if you can't remember where to look, go to lisarowan.com and there will be details there. All right. Perfect. Thank you so much. And I'll be having Lisa back to share a few more of these tips as well, because there's so many I didn't get to cover in the time we had here for this bag of, pop- this bag of popcorn. But uh, definitely would love to have you back to talk about some more of these tips. I'm always in for more popcorn. So call me up. And a big thank you to all of you coming back and joining me here again on Popcorn Finance. A reminder, if you ever have a question or something you want me to discuss here on the show, please feel free to reach out to me over on Instagram. You can find me at Popcorn Finance Podcast. As always, I appreciate you all joining me here for another bag of popcorn. I hope you have an amazing rest of your week and I'll talk to you soon. Your boy, keep it popping like Mary Poppins.